Hello, podcast listeners. So this one is taken from a speech that I gave up here at the Movement Collective in Newcastle to a room full of really talented, passionate people who I know have a lot of interests, a lot of things that they're into, a lot of things that they love. So this talk is all around how to develop that. And if you're looking to, at some stage, create, flip that into a business or into a project or into something that you're doing on the side, so it's very much focused on that early stage development, but great one if you've got something that you're keen to grow. Effectively, a lot of people need to have a conversation around this thing that they love and start to connect with more people. So this connection piece is the main part or the main takeaway that I do a bit of a deep dive into here. Hope you enjoy. I'm gonna talk a little bit today about a life-changing koala. So we'll get stuck into that. And I'm also gonna talk a little bit about this concept of business and this concept of your passion, the thing that you love to do. So before I get into the life-changing koala, I'm gonna take you back, give you a little bit of context, a bit of my background, and maybe you can help, help piece a little bit together and why I'm talking about all this stuff. So 13 years ago, I lived in Newcastle. So I moved back up here just last year, this time last year. But 13 years ago, I was over working at the RAF base with the F-18s that fly around. And I was doing uh, structural repair. So I graduated from engineering. Go in there, we did a four day work week and we do 10 hours, of, 10 hours a day for four days. And it was hot, I remember the first summer. <clears throat> and I'm going in all dressed up in the Boeing kit and the rules were really strict. So basically there were certain pathways you could walk around with these jets around. Security was super tight. So this is like my first engineering gig and I'm working behind this screen just driving Excel spreadsheets. Um, and so I'm kind of getting this picture of what it means to be an engineer, right? I'm like, okay, uh, like, you know, 10 hours a day, mostly behind this screen. And I'd grown up um, with I guess you could say an adventurous uh, set of parents. So they'd pull us out from school, we did a lot of travel, we sailed on boats, homeschooling, that kind of stuff. It was a little bit rocky at times, it wasn't as good as it sounds, but it was a pretty cool upbringing. And anyway, I'm sitting behind this computer screen and all of a sudden I look down and there's all of the people at the screens, forward head posture, kind of sitting there, you know, not super pumped on their work. And I see this little bit of movement above the screen through the window. And I look up and there's a street outside, it's a beautiful sunny day. And uh, there's this koala and it's crossing the, the road. And maybe it's because I'm from New Zealand that I'm sort of interested in this thing because I think they're really cute and cool, right? So I'm watching this koala kind of, you know how they are like kind of drunk, like moving across the road. And this concept came to me that I felt like I was in a zoo, but flipped. I felt like I was just stuck behind the screen. And I knew straight away that it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Not that it was a bad job or the people or anything like that, but I wanted to be able to have the freedom to at least go outside, to at least move around. And my dad had talked about this idea of being in a reverse zoo, kind of like the matrix, right? And so it clicked, so I knew what he meant all of a sudden. And I was only 24, 25. But the, the problem is it creates a bit of upset, right? So I, was, I didn't know what to do. 
I stuck at the job and eventually found out they couldn't hire me because I was Kiwi anyway. So left there, went down to Sydney, was working in sustainable design engineering, different kind of engineering. And at lunchtime, I'd go out with my friend and we'd look at the cafes and we'd look at how many people were in the cafes, which one we thought would make it, who had the good coffee. We were looking at the business and then we'd go back up and sit behind the spreadsheet. So eventually got back from this little holiday about 2008, walked into the office and they load me up with Excel work. And I'm like, I just knew I was like, the koala is still in my head, right? This little koala telling me I'm in the zoo and I resigned. And I had nothing to go to, no savings, no, um, no plan, but I loved to run. It was the one thing I was a uh, triathlete. And so I was like, shit, what am I going to do? I, I go down the road, I find this running store and I said, can I help you just stack boxes or whatever? And anyway, long story short, he lets me work for part time and I start to meet the community. I start to connect and I'm doing running technique clinics, uh, not making much money or anything, just getting by so I could train as a, as a triathlete. And um, 12 months later, I opened my own store. This guy, he said, you know, you're useful. Do you want to do, you do your own store? So I was like, yep. And um, from that point forward, the last 10 years, the koala has been kind of the catalyst for me. And I've realized through three other businesses now, a gym and some other retreats and stuff like that, the power of uh, coming into your passion, the thing that you love and the ability to create revenue and do the thing that you love. Um, so this is what I want to talk a little bit about today. I'm going to keep it short because I know we want to do some movement and listen to the other stuff, but I'm going to talk about um, two things, right? When we have this concept of business, there's two buckets, real simple. We got the skills, the things that we're good at. For me, it was running or selling shoes. The things that you're good at, and then we've got another bucket, let's call it the connection. This is like, do people know you're good at it? Can you solve the problem, the skills? And then do people know you can solve the problem? If you just got the first one, you're kind of in a, you're a practitioner in a dungeon, in your, in your garage. So you're not able to create any value exchange. So of course you can't help anyone, right? Now, the first one's kind of obvious uh, and it makes sense to all of us. I want to talk about the second one and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. So <clears throat> when we look at how we learn something, think of in your mind, and we're going to do an exercise together, think in your mind the thing that you love to do, something. Everyone has something. The way that we learn, of course, is through practice. But there's this way of learning that's been used in other cultures for a long time. It's called learning by observation and pitching in. And it's basically the concept that I do the thing that I love, but I'm part of a group. So if I'm part of a group with you and you and you and you, and we connect around this thing that I love, and I share it because I'm now sharing for the benefit of the group, three or four or five people, little community, there's a positive pressure for me to get better. So I actually get way better at the thing that I love to do, okay? So we're not even talking about business. We're just talking about the thing that we love, right? Maybe it's movement, maybe it's selling flowers, whatever. Okay, so this is the first thing, this learning by observation and pitching in. Why? Because in the group, there's a value exchange. I can do this thing for you. You get value. 
So therefore, I get better at it because there's more incentive to add more value. Feels good. Now, I'm talking to really one person here, and this is the person who knows that there's something nagging in their subconscious back there that they want to be doing something down the line. They, there's something they love, they want to share. Maybe they're not like, I'm going to do a business and build this huge company, but it's like, I'd love, to, I'd love to go to town on this a little bit. I'd love to explore it, tell people about it, share it. Now, if you're like, yeah, I'm that person and I want to execute, like I want to do this thing as my gig soon, you need to take everything that we're going to talk about and double down on it and basically go home and act on it tonight because you're under a time constraint. So we have this concept of getting the group connected, right? Now, effectively, if we didn't do that, we just have the skill set, the thing you're practicing in the background, um, you end up, if you do want to open a business, create something down the line, you open it into a vacuum. Nobody knows, okay? So let's focus on this connection piece. I did a podcast with Rod a month ago now, something like that. Still number one listened, but it's close. We'll have to do another one. There's another one catching up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the thing is, um, the reason why this is relevant is because we're in the space. That's why I want to talk about this. The space that we're in together was created from connection and skill set combined. So Rod was in Canada and he's learning the insights of movement. But the key thing is he's sharing them. He started to share them from day one on social media at that time. If you don't share the thing, there's no positive pressure to get better and there's no value exchange and the ability to build trust, create the thing that you love as a business doesn't exist. So he lands and there's the ability to open the space. So <clears throat> we're going to do a little um, exercise in a second. When I opened the running store, this was 2009. Facebook existed, but I was too dumb to realize that's where people were hanging out. So I dropped 3,000 flyers down the streets to tell people I'm there. That's the connection pillar. Now you got this thing, right? Supercomputer. So effectively, what we're talking about really is the person who's got the passion, when you go home today, there is zero downside to starting to connect and share this thing that you love. Okay, if you're already doing a business, you're already creating something, we need to double down on the connection. It's the connection that I'm talking about here. Now, I recognize it for Rod, for Jenny, for, um, for Murray. I did a great podcast with Murray. He talked about a very similar thing, building trust. That's the latest episode. Um, for Dan, for Katie, for people I see who I know are running a business, it is really scary to stand up and say, this is the thing that I do. Who wants to talk about this with me, whether that's a colleague, a mentor, or someone you want to serve? This is the friction. It's the fear to get people together. So I talk about business being a way to grow as a human. Effectively, it's wrapped up in this fear, this fear nugget. So what I'm really calling us to do is to stand up and to start to share this thing that you love, even though it's scary, even though there's crickets and nothing might happen for another year, because... I get to now work with all these amazing people who are building or have built their passion into their fully fledged business that's supporting them to do the thing that they love. 
Okay, so it's you'll know this if this is you, um, because you'll you'll have that feeling. Now, it's not you if you've got a nine to five, you work for someone you love, and you love the hell out of your job. That's beautiful, and this might just be something to do out of interest. But for anyone who's contracting, anyone who's under someone, anyone who's doing anything, the connection piece is what we're seeing as the game changer between the businesses that are doing well and those which are stagnating. So if you play that forward and you've got something you love now, even if you're not in the expert status position to open something, connect like crazy, right? So what we're going to do is um, we're going to do this little exercise together if you want to, right? So maybe um, Ruby's my hand. This is Ruby. She's going to hand these out. It's going to be done in real time, really fast, so we actually shortcut your brain so you don't overthink it. And then if it resonates, you can go home and you can do more of it, right? <clears throat> so the reason why I want to talk about this just before we start is, and the reason why I picked this one person is because this year, by chance, in this actual space, I've spoken to probably eight to 10 people who are sitting on this thing that they want to do, but there's a can't because statement. I can't do it yet because X, Y, Z, right? So this is why I want to talk about because I'm passionate about getting out of the matrix if you want, doing the thing if you want. Maybe it's on the side, whatever. Okay, look at the front. I'll guide us through it and we'll do it together, okay? So... We're going to start off, this is super easy, we're going to start off with just writing down the thing that you love, the thing that you're passionate about. Now, here's the kicker, right? This could be, I love walking um, dogs on the beach, but only if it's a French, Frenchie, right? It can be that small. I love drawing pictures, but only with a number two pencil on an A5 piece of paper. That's me, right? Or it could be I love eating noodles, I love dancing, I love movement, right? Uh, and the reason why I'm doing this again is because I've met all of you weapons who are experts. This is probably the most highly talented group of people in Newcastle. The Newcastle group is the most talented group of people I think I've ever met who are sitting on something that they want to be doing, who is this far ready to do it and execute. It's crazy the talent, right? Because I've been Sydney, Melbourne, like New Zealand. It's insane here. So have a little think, but like 10 second limit, and then write it down below, the thing that you want to do. You don't have to do it right, but even if you've got something going that's really good, just try it anyway. Could be standing on your head, juggling, whatever. don't need to be an expert you don't need to make money out of this down the line like it's literally a passion we're just it's right brain we're just getting the brain like kind of loose moving around a little bit out of the structure all right 10 more seconds the reason why i cut time short is because the left brain will jump in and it'll say nah you're not good enough at that or oh, maybe next year doesn't matter. Write it down. Write it down. You may never even have done it before. 
All right, second step. So second page. How does it make me feel? So this is killer, right? Because we actually engage in stuff as a consumer, not because of the thing that it does, the, the technical side, because of the way it makes us feel. You know, I go surfing, it makes me feel free. I come to move, it makes me feel strong. You know, I go to the movies, it makes you feel relaxed and, and entertained, right? And social. So how does this thing that you do make you feel? And I've chucked some examples, but don't look too much at those. Just put out whatever comes to you, right? At the bottom. Hopefully it makes you feel a good emotion and not a bad one. All right, 10 more seconds. We got to move quick. Bunch of emotions that you feel. Maybe you've, you've done it with someone else and you notice the vibes between you and you both feel it. Like, yeah, when we go and do a ice, you know, swim in the middle of winter, we both feel invigorated and I see that in that person. Great, write it down, right? That's a thing, right? A winter swim. Okay, number three. This is the who, who you seek to serve. But really it's who comes to mind when you think about this? Who would love this? Maybe they already love it because they're a teacher, so they could be a mentor, so you know they love it. Or it's your friend, and when you go for a walk with the Frenchie, it makes you happy, and your friend might need some happiness in their life, so maybe they'd like this too. Who would love this feeling, right? Don't worry too much if you think they love the tap dancing, whatever. Just talk about people you'd love to share this feeling with, or people who you know already have this feeling because they're in it, right? Either or, either or. Uh, it could be, yeah, mothers or daughters or teachers or whatever, gym owners, whatever you like. You know, let's go back to Rod's example, and I'm probably projecting here. He's training in Canada, learning movement, feeling good, knowing in his head, oh, this would really resonate with people. Maybe they've trained at a gym before, they might like movement stuff. So there we can see the niche, the market starting to evolve. But we don't need to use terms, we can just think of people, right? Think of people who we know, you know? Often you'll give a book to someone, it's the same thing. Oh, they'd like this. And you think about how it made you feel and you'd like to share that feeling with them, okay? We engage in stuff, we engage in businesses, services because of emotion, because of feeling. All right. So you got your person, you got your thing, you got how it makes you feel. Flip it over, let's go to the last page. Okay, where do they hang out? Online, offline, where are these people? So like, say you wrote down my mum, or my mum's at home, right? So maybe you could expand that to other mums, where are they? Well, maybe they go to the cafe. Maybe they're in a Facebook group for the local community. You know, maybe you wanna teach movement, where do people hang out? while they go to normal gyms or they're at the beach, you know. If you can, the more specific, the better. Um, and if you can do online and offline, I held up the phone before, because your potential reach and impact now is crazy. Uh, it's right at your fingertips as well. So if you can think of both. Platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, whatever you like, community, subcultures, 
All right, 10 more seconds. Okay. So, of course, you can go deep on this, right? This is like super fast. But now I want you to picture in your mind the change to the culture. If you were to share the thing that you love and the feeling you get from this thing that you love with these other people at scale, what that looks like to you. So think about it now, but most importantly, when you lie down at night, think about what it would feel like to spread this thing that you love, this feeling that you get from this thing that you love with these people that you wrote down and their friends. This is how these businesses work. This is how people are not just monetizing, but you could think of it as a movement, as something that takes off, as a passion that creates impact, whatever you want to call it. It's this understanding or sense of how powerful it can be to share this thing that you love, right? To share this process. Okay. So we rounded out. Uh, for me, the first, the first business was this running store. Loved running, part-time job, shared it, dropping flyers. Oh, it was Twitter back then. Talking about running on Twitter, running clinics, uh, whatever, running business eventually sold that business. But for whatever you've written down, the people you seek to serve, where do they hang out for the early adopters is the beginning. Now your only job, it doesn't matter if your skill set is zero. If I want to be a juggling aficionado and share that, and I can juggle one ball, my only job is to connect with these people you wrote down. I don't care if they're the mentor, if they're a student, if they're a colleague, start this conversation because it will perpetuate into the next bit that it needs to go. Because we go back to learning by observation and pitching in. Now, if I'm connected to Jamie and we're talking about, we were talking about aerial straps before and I'm like, I love that stuff. She's like, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I'm like, can I come hang? Yeah, let's connect on WhatsApp. Cool, send me a video of it. That looks good. Try this. Pretty soon I'm in the culture when I'm in the culture and there's impetus, positive peer pressure to show up, now I'm on the path. And that's the only thing that matters to flip it to the business, right? So we're, we're truncating a lot here, but I've got value to add. Now when I have value to add to that culture, I can expand on that, all right? Business is sim simply a value exchange, but it can't exist in isolation, okay? You guys are so talented only thing the skill sets even there only thing is connection bucket okay now i want to recognize for um quickly for people like katie and dan people who i know who are right like justin i look out there's all these people who are running a business and you put your hand up it's really scary to start that process and i acknowledge that so i'm here just to say um reach out to someone and just start practice and it will grow Okay, that's it. Um, any Q&A? Did I get it in on time? Yeah, like two. I got a couple of minutes for Q&A. Yeah. yeah. I actually prefer, I prefer Q&A, but I just wanted to get context out. I don't like to put it in there like myself, but Q&A, like if you've got anything, if anyone's got any ideas, I mostly work with people with developed businesses but let's riff on these starting bits if you want to. The first question was about story. How can we use story? What is story? How could it be used in content? Or how could it be used in connecting 
with other people that we might want to work with or serve. Yeah. Yeah. Koala, right? Yeah. Were people more interested or less what I had to say because the koala? Yeah. Story is humanizing your message. Now, the thing is, we actually only communicate effectively through story. So whenever you watch a TED talk, it's story structure. Whenever you watch The Lion King, it's the story, right? We don't really care about facts and figures. We do, like we want your surgeon to be good at the facts and we want your accountant to be good at the figures, but we resonate with story, okay? Um, so story is something that for me has been more recent in terms of going into deep dives, but it's, it's, it's how we work. It's existed since the beginning of time. So that's another piece you can look at why you love your passion, research story structure, start to understand how to talk about it. That will help you to connect your little tribe, you know, me, Jamie, and the um, aerial straps. Why am I into it? You know, I might share that story and it'll help to build that uh, connection. This question had come from Justin, who's a podiatrist and he's recently ruptured his Achilles. Your Achilles is gonna be a killer story. When you flip that and talk about it with the business, think about that, how I rehab my own Achilles. This is probably the biggest gift to your business. <laughs> I only just realized that then. Yeah. Dude, like, um, yeah, ruptured Achilles, like I've been exactly where you are. You'll, you'll be filled with Achilles rupture rehabilitation. The next question was, what do I do if I have a lot of different passions, a lot of different things that I'm interested in? I don't know where to start. Well, you need to decide. You can either, um, you can either, you can do one of two things. You can pick one and go deep because it's the thing you really love. And then the other passions build your context. So I'm passionate about training, surfing, all these things. I work in with business owners. That's my context. So I talk about it, but it's not the thing that I'm like 100% on. So, or you can go, well, I'm really good at multitasking. I'm actually going to like, structure I'm going to do offering here and offering here. I'd probably um, wrap your beautiful web of passions and who you are as a human, wrap that around the thing that you create into your context, your story, and then elevate that one thing, which is maybe eventually your offering uh, into the, the main thing you talk about. The next question is, if I follow my passion and turn it into a business, will it ruin the passion for me? Will it take away from the joy that I get in my passion? No. It's, it, that's a totally, like, totally valid thing. Um, the way I think about it is like this thing around money, this thing around currency. Currency is current. It flows. And it's just how we do a value exchange. So if you have something that you love to do, say you're amazing at um, florists. What is your passion? Do you know? Okay. There'll be something. Flowers, right? If I go to, and I really want to bring some flat, the essence of how flowers make me feel in my home, in my, in my house, and I see your website or whatever, I want to pay the $129 because it's the value exchange to know that I'm not, it's part of the story. I don't want to just get it for free because it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't dish out for this. It's not the right story. Money is part of our story and the exchange is one that's abundant and it will actually allow you to do more of the work and reach more people. So the next question was from Laura who works as a nurse and she's interested in 
creating a conversation, creating work around primary healthcare. So things that we can do in the lifestyle, other factors that come into play well before she gets to see the people that she serves or works with. So how does she start this? How does she create this conversation when she doesn't know too much about it yet or who to talk to? Yeah, don't even worry. Start the conversation. Who are you in conversation with? Like who are the people in these circles? And if you literally were like, okay, so I've been, I'm in, uh, what's the job? What's your occupation title? A nurse. So I'm in nursing. I deal with a lot of people who are like, to be honest, behind the curve, like it's too late. We're really working hard here, but it sucks because we're like after the eight ball. And what I'm gonna do is, while I love this thing, this nursing gig, I'm gonna start a conversation on the upfront side of it, the primary health side, uh, through food and movement and lifestyle. Um, I'm gonna do this, if you're interested in this conversation, come and meet me at the beach. We'll do something different here because it's outside, it's good for health. And let's start the conversation. You're gonna get two people show up and they're probably gonna be your friends. That's okay. Film it, chuck that up. You know, I spoke to Renee from Open Mind Space. She started this meditation at Bar Beach, like five people showing up, you know. Two years later, 600 people, right? But it's the conversation. You don't need to know anything about the thing or be expert or know who to talk to. The thing is you're talking about it and this is the scary part, yeah. The rest will work itself out. You'll find a mentor. You'll find someone who's done a cool business. You'll find someone, right? But it's the first bit. Any other uh, questions? There's a few people I know here who I've spoken to who, you, who said like, I got this thing, but I'm not sure I'm gonna spend five years because I need to build some things before and I gotta, cool. You can still action this because you can still connect, start the conversation, be fully connected with a network of like-minded people, talk about the thing you love. You don't need to monetize it for those five years if you love your other job or whatever, great. But if you wait, you're really missing an opportunity right now that's built around this connection economy that you can do right here, okay? Thanks for listening to this episode. If you can, forward it to someone that's always appreciated. This is John Marsh. You're listening to Access Potential Podcast, and I'll see you on the next one.